Welcome to the Sales Enablement Society, Stories from the Trenches, where enablement practitioners share their real-world experiences. Get the scoop on what's happening inside sales enablement teams across the global SES member community. Each segment of Stories from the Trenches share the good, the bad, and the ugly practices of corporate sales enablement initiatives learned, what worked, what didn't work, and how obstacles were eliminated by corporate teams and leadership. Sit back, grab a cold one, and join host Paul Butterfield for casual conversations about the wide and varied profession of sales enablement, where there is never a fits-all solution. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Sales Enablement Society Stories in the Trenches, the only by us, for us podcast out there where we bring together practitioners from all over the globe to talk about the things that we have in common, the things we're all trying to sort out, and sometimes just as helpful, things that didn't go very well and lessons learned from that. So I'm excited to introduce you to this episode's guest. I uh, want to welcome Terry Bird. He is the VP of Enablement at Vonage. Terry, welcome to the show. Good to meet you, Paul, and thanks for having me. Good to be here. Take a couple minutes, if you will, just let the audience know a little bit about yourself. I know you're, you know, you're, uh, you're world famous, but uh, some people may be hiding out. So, <laughs> I have a long history in in professional services, technical sales. Made the move into sales, um, so I've seen the, the customer buying cycle and the sales cycle from just about every angle. Um, I, like so many people in sales enablement roles, never trained or or went after a sales enablement career path. I ended up there. Um, and found I had an aptitude for it. Uh, I've done just about every role you can think of around the sales enablement space um, and eventually ended up leading uh, a big part of the the effort for our global sales teams in IBM, about 25,000 of them. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, the opportunity arose to come and join Vonage and go back to a bit more like my roots because I came from Cognos. Um, very similar size, very similar age in terms of maturity Mm -hmm. of where it's out on its trajectory. And so, um, I joined Vonage just a little over a year ago now and really had the mission of forming a unified company-wide sales enablement function, um, and establishing some new, uh, practices around that. And it's been a lot of fun putting that team together. That sounds great. So you have connections in Hollywood. And when Jimmy Kimmel retires next year, you are offered his show. Um, Good luck doing that in UK hours. But beyond that, so you get to choose your first guest. Who would it be and why them? This is such a great question. Uh, For me, there was a number of ways I could go, but I'm a big Star Wars fan, always have been. And so for me, I would love for it to be George Lucas because I would love to have an in-depth conversation with him about what it was like to do something that was so groundbreaking and pioneering um, in the mid to late 70s with effects that had never been done before, um, the kind of story that had never been told before, and, you know, look where that led to. So uh, mm-hmm. take going back to where he started out and the challenges he was working through in order to make that a reality would be uh, an incredible conversation to have. We've been talking, you and I, about, well, actually, we've talked about a number of sales enablement things. Um, but today, let's get into scaling and sales leaders, sales managers. Um, some people use the terms interchangeably. That's probably another episode. You could, you could, uh, could have a debate on those two words. But, um, but let's dig in. What are you seeing out there 
when you look at the responsibility of sales leaders to take things to scale? Um, you're right. It's a really interesting space and, and um, managers and leaders will use the words probably interchangeably today, um, but we're, mm -hmm. you know, we're focusing on uh, driving leadership. We'll come on to that um, in a bit, but you know, in my experience, I think sales managers, frontline sales managers are, have possibly the most difficult job in any sales organization, uh, especially a technology sales organization. Mm -hmm. I think that job is only getting more complex and continues to get more complex. Um, organizations ask a lot of things from people in those roles. Um, they have teams to manage on the daily. And, you know, I think historically they've been an underserved audience in terms of enablement. Um, mm -hmm. I think it, they're very often an afterthought. And uh, I think in the economic landscape that we have now, there are lots of headwinds out there. You know, nobody's hiring in great numbers. Mm -hmm. Everybody's trying to grow. And mm -hmm. so the, the only way to truly get effective scale is to focus on those managers because they control the culture of their team. They set mm -hmm. the tone for their team. They run their business. They look after their people. And if we can help them be successful in that role, then I think we truly do get a multiplier in terms of effect. I would agree. And I've been, I think you maybe have mentioned you have too, I've been frontline sales leader. Uh, you know, like you, I was an accidental sales enablement professional. Uh, happened about a decade ago. But uh, prior to that, you know, I was leading sales teams and, and it can be difficult. You've got the demands of corporate and there's all sorts of things that might be. Um, but then you've also got to shield your team from as much as you can so they can focus on selling and developing their skills and plus your coaching and, and all of that. Um, the good news is sales enablement exists now. Uh, you know, most of my career when I was leading sales teams, um, there was no sales enablement. And frankly, L&D or HR were really doing neither. We're really doing anything for salespeople. So the managers had to figure that out as well. Just for context, when, when you're talking about um, the needs of these leaders, you've got folks that have just been promoted maybe into their, into their first time leadership role and perhaps are leading a team they just were part of. Um, but you also have folks that are coming in. They may have experience leading somewhere else, but they're brand new to the firm. Do, does what we're going to talk about today, does it encompass both of those? Are we focusing on one set over the other? What do you think? I, I think it encompasses that whole spectrum. Um, okay. You know, there are things that we're doing now and have upcoming um, within Vonage that really mm -hmm. are focusing on bringing together sales leaders of uh, various functions, not just sales. So other go-to-market functions as well, professional services, solutions engineering, mm -hmm. um, different parts of the business, but also tenures. Um, there are, you know, mm. very new um, mm -hmm. managers and there are managers who've been doing it for years. And I think putting all of those together in a melting pot and letting them mm -hmm. share and collaborate is uh, a very effective way of um, helping them. Because, you know, they are all leaders in their own right, right you know, and putting mm -hmm. them in a room and preaching is not going to be effective. But putting them in a room and facilitating collaboration and cross-pollination of ideas and experiences mm -hmm. um, will help everybody learn, you know, from the greater group. There's a lot there. Let's let's uh, let's spend a couple minutes and just sort of unpack that for everybody. Um, you had mentioned to me that 
a Gartner analysis of um, top performing managers that the top 25%, just look at my notes here, spend more time on external facing activity and adding value in their teams. Would you just deconstruct that a little bit for our listeners and what you've heard, seen? Yeah. There's a really good Gartner analysis came out actually in the last couple of years, and it's been refreshed a couple of times. It's called a CSO's Guide to Maximizing Sales Manager Impact. Um, and I recommend anybody in enablement to to look that up and, and have a read. And it, it, it focuses on a couple of things just to set some background. It, it talks about the increasing complexity of the sales manager role, and it breaks it down into all the things they typically do on a daily basis and, and how it's only becoming more complex now. And that's because of two sets of factors. One is external, one is internal. And okay. typically, you know, those, those factors on the external side are uh, more complex buyer landscape, um, way more informed buyers because of the, the proliferation of information out there. Mm -hmm. um, economic headwinds, of course, um, mm -hmm. as we see today. And then internally, uh, Organizations are typically becoming more complex. The mm -hmm. span of control is typically growing, so they have to look after a larger team. And um, there's a an exponential increase in data internally, right? Which is great. Mm -hmm. More data at our fingertips. But how right. do they turn that data into insights and information that's going to help them be more effective? And just because they're drowning in more data doesn't mean that they've necessarily got better insights, right? Um, no, that's fair. In fact, it can almost be more confusing, I would think. Exactly. More and more spreadsheets, you know, and yeah. everybody can relate to that um, at the moment. Uh, and so uh, then Gartner go on to say, um, and they took a poll of, I think it was just over 400 frontline sales managers. And they talked about all the activities where they spend their time. And they, they, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting kind of uh, chart that they come out with, but it, it, when they look at the top 25% of top quartile in terms of performance, that top 25% spend way more of their time on external facing activities, helping their sellers, coaching, getting involved in deals themselves, um, uh, looking at uh, information to help coach um, mm -hmm. those opportunities. And they spend far less of their time focused on internal pools. Um, navigating internal processes, systems, helping their teams to find information, mm -hmm. educating their teams, as you say, you know, it used to be on managers to, to enable their teams. Um, mm -hmm. And also, of course, navigating internal uh, demands for information, you know, mm -hmm. uh, inspection, forecasting, mm -hmm. tell me your number, you know, all of that internal cadence that happens everywhere. So you talk about internal versus external struggle. When you think about the enablement work that you and the team are doing, is there a fundamental difference between how you're supporting or helping managers with the internal versus the external, or is it really all one track? This is an interesting one. I mean, we're obviously trying to help them focus on the ex more external tasks and be mm -hmm. better coaches and, and helping their sales teams win more. Mm -hmm. um, there's a cultural aspect to this, of course, as well in organizations in terms of that internal complexity. Um, True. And we can't fix that. You know, there's no magic wand for us to wave, but mm -hmm. we can try and influence that because, you know, I, I think it's not just talking to uh, frontline or first line sales managers. It's talking to sales leadership all the way up. 
And Fair. if we Fair can point. if we can help them understand that actually setting the right tone and the right culture to give an environment where those front first line frontline sales managers can spend more time adding value with uh, sellers and with their customers than internally, then that will help. Um, we, that's never going to go away, right? We need right. forecasting practices. We need sales hygiene. We need, um, you know, I, I, you think about what used to be QBRs now almost become a weekly activity, right? With the same level of information because <laughs> yeah. everybody all the way up the, the line in the organization is interested about what's what's going on, right? Um, yeah, if only there were dashboards in some sort of platform that they could look at, right? <laughs> exactly that, exactly that. And, and you know, um, yeah. I can talk for Vonage and we are blessed with a very uh, in-depth and very talented uh, BI team who are helping mm-hmm. to produce all kinds of uh, dashboards like that to automate those processes. So, yeah. you know, uh, as, as part of a global sales operations organization, yeah, we're enablement alongside sales ops and other elements like that as well, so we can help right. um, fine tune the machine as well as the skills that that our sellers have. But yeah, I, we're looking at all of those things, um, and and we're really starting to put in place a program. And it's it, it's not going to be a point in time program; it's going to be a year long mm-hmm. program. Okay, of, of how we can enable our sales leaders. Um, to to fulfill that you know potential of being able to yeah. add all the value they can. I actually know some of your ops people at Vonage, and you're right. You've got um, a really strong team over there. I was referring more, to be honest, to the senior executives who just don't seem to ever want to crack open a Salesforce <laughs> data. Uh, you know, they they so therefore we've got people creating volumes of slides. Uh, you know, and that's just more of that internal. Um, time suck, right? For for sales leaders, they get pulled into that. Um, so you talked about cultural transformation, and I love what you said about helping leaders all the way up the food chain understand and 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 you know what's going on in the front line, how that's impacting sales, and, and helping drive that. You don't often hear about people. Uh, you don't often hear people talk about sales enablement um, as, as right, culture is having to do anything. We talk about being a change agents and helping drive that. And the benefit I think you see to that is what a great way to build trust and appreciation with those frontline managers, right? To, to, to be seen that you're, you're taking the feedback from them and assuming that your senior leaders listen, I'm just going to assume they do, then, then, you know, then you're able to help them with that, um, because that's sometimes a challenge is getting them to some will, some can't get enough enablement others. We know, right. Just, uh, uh, sales, sales enablement. What's that? You know? So, um, I love the culture piece. What else, um, should we be doing to help our uh, leaders? We're yeah. putting in place a program in 2023. It's really an extension of our sales kickoff activities. So one of the things we're doing, and it is part of a cultural shift is really focusing on the year-long experience for all of our sales teams. Um, okay. So SKO is a you know a foundational inflection point for that, of course, it always has been. Mm-hmm. But um, you know the repeated ongoing enablement across our sales organisation is important, and part of mm-hmm. that um, this year for us is uh, introducing the Sales Leadership Academy program. Um, all right. That we're that we're bringing in, and that means every single one of our 
and I will say sales and go-to-market leaders, it, it encompasses professional services and solutions mm-hmm. engineers and all those other teams as well. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's in front of a customer selling the value of Vonage. And that's one of the important messages because, you know, we're literally going to say, who here is in sales? And mm-hmm. knowing that not all of the room are going to put their hands up and we'll have that conversation about, we're all here selling the value of Vonage and we're all here, not just selling a solution and then mm-hmm. we walk away. We have to make that solution real. We have to ensure the customer gets the value of what we've sold them. And then we come back and we hope, hopefully sell them some more. And that means all of us playing together in a team. Um, right. and, and what we're going to do, what we're doing is kicking that off with a program. It's a two day program, which is for all of that population. Um, mm-hmm. Some folks will come together face to face in person. Some will be virtual. So it's a, it's a hybrid. Um, we'll have iterations of both and it's focused on two elements two themes um, for each of those two days day one is about developing your team and -hmm. it's really focused on people how do you understand the skills of your team Mm -hmm. understand where they are in their careers understand their individual abilities help them with um, the likes of personalized learning plans and development plans to grow their skills in areas where there's, a, you know, there's, there's opportunity for them to improve mm-hmm. and how do you play to their strengths? And, and really, you know, using a sporting analogy, I suppose it's the Super Bowl this weekend. So I'll, I'll be a Brit talking about American football for this, but you know, any coach is going to understand the strengths and weaknesses of their team, put the mm-hmm. best balanced team on the field mm-hmm. and then call the plays that they're going to run. Right. So day one for us in, in terms of that first theme is all about developing talent, mm-hmm. managing talent, and also retaining talent because we know it's expensive to hire people. It's expensive to, to train people up. So the, the talent we have on the team, we want to make sure they're fulfilled and they're motivated and we're looking after them. And all of that is a very human element to, to what we're doing. And we're working very closely with our, our partners in HR on that as well. The second day, mm-hmm. day two, is very much about running your business. It's what are the tools and the data you have available to you and are you getting the most value from them to understand what's going mm-hmm. on? So moving from inspection to coaching based on data. And then how do, we, how do you apply that with your team in terms of um, understanding where they're spending in their time, okay. helping to coach them spending their time in the right areas, Focusing in on deals, coaching deals, ensuring there's good sales hygiene, mm-hmm. ensuring there's accurate forecasting through good practices. Mm-hmm. Because if you can do those things, you're going to spend less time rehashing data to report internally, right? Yeah. So, you know, good practices there. So it's, you know, owning your team, developing your team, and then owning owning and running your business are the two aspects we're focused on. And and that is the the platform for what for a year-long activity that will then flow on from that and with various self-paced and live um, uh, events going on to continue to grow that. Wow. I'm taking all of that in. So, and I'm sure there are folks listening that are also impressed, but wondering, you know, you know, maybe how a little more detail, how, how you're doing that. So if you don't mind, for example, are you bringing those folks together for the two days or is it a hybrid event? How's that part working? We are, so there are two 
variations. One will be an in-person mm -hmm. two-day event mm -hmm. where we're bringing humans together in a room, mm -hmm. um, which you know I know we're starting to get back to those mm -hmm. days, but it's not universally possible. Mm -hmm. um, so in four of our bigger hub offices around the world, we're going to do mm -hmm. that where there are teams that are naturally um, located around those offices. And there will be groups between kind of 15 and 25 mm -hmm. in size. And then we will run virtual iterations of that program, um, the same across two days, two half days it is, um, for those who are remote. Um, we're obviously having to tweak that program for face-to-face mm -hmm. -face versus virtual, sure. which is, you know, something we all live with as enablement professionals every day. Um, and we are working through that. Um, I, we have a, an optimistic forecast at the moment that we'll probably get around half of our population in person. Mm. Obviously wow. it is going to help and be more impactful. So right. the more we can get in person, right. the, the, the greater those outcomes will be. Okay. The I'm just thinking through. I, I had a couple of questions I noted. Um, you've got emerging leaders, and then you've got at the other end of the spectrum very experienced senior leaders. How are you, are you blending those folks in in you know in cohorts together, or are you doing something separate? You know, for those earlier in their career versus those later in their career. How's that working? For this particular program, we're pulling them all in together, mm -hmm. and really. You know, getting that that melting pot of the diversity there in terms of the experience and the tenure. Um, you know, uh, there are new managers um, very early in their managerial careers who have great ideas and very fresh ideas. Um, and equally, you take the experience of those who are far more tenured, and you put that together, and and you can get a great blend, right? Um, we are intentionally mixing those up even to within subgroups within those events mm -hmm. so that we have breakout exercises it's very it's very applied it's very collaborative um they'll be breaking out and coming back um with facilitated exercises we want them to blend and mix those ideas together we're also bringing two very different sides of our business together mm -hmm. who generally don't work to or you know sell together because they're very different sales motions mm -hmm. but again there are things they can learn from each other in terms of the way that they engage with their customers, the way that they sell. So we're, we want that cross-pollination to happen. Um, and we're intentionally going to, you know, in, in some of those small uh, breakout exercises, there needs to be a team lead. Mm -hmm. We're intentionally going to nominate a mix of, in some cases, there'll be an experience. In some cases, it'll be a very new. We want every angle to come together in there. And as ever, you never quite know how these things are going to go. Sure. Everyone will be different right. based on personalities uh, and dynamics. Um, it's our job to facilitate that. And, and when we're there in the moment to make sure that we're getting the best out of those exercises. And so what we are doing right now is running some dress rehearsals. Okay. We're running through the content. We're running it live okay. as a team in a simulated environment. And then with some test cases to make sure that actually, you know, when we get there, it's not the first time we've actually done this. Um, yeah. So that's that's really interesting, and that's going on right now. That sounds really impressive. Um, so, yeah, best best wishes to you and the team. I mean, it sounds like you you don't need luck because you're you're preparing and preparing again on top of that. But still, it sounds really exciting. I'm excited for you. Um, you know, I, I, I'm sure this is coming up again. If I'm thinking of it, probably some others are too. 
Are you concerned about having those more senior leaders attend and more importantly, be engaged? Um, because I think we've all seen situations where that's not the case. You know, they, they may come, but they're in and out of the room for taking calls or something like that. Um, or any concerns there? And, and, and how have you hedged against that? Because it's some, it's, I can not say sometimes it's often a challenge with their schedules and that sort of thing. Yes, very valid concerns and concerns we've had to. Um, we, uh, there's a couple of things here um, kind of around that. One is we have the direct engagement. And when I first started talking about this program and what we were trying to achieve mm-hmm. and sharing it with our senior leadership, um, it was really heartened by the positive reaction that we got. In fact, you know, the two senior vice presidents of our parallel sales organizations mm-hmm. both said to me, independently of each other, I want to be there for every single one of these. I want to be there with you because this is something fundamentally new that we're doing and and can be a huge driver for our success. So they're coming along, not to stand at the front of the room and preach, mm-hmm. not to stand at the back of the room and, and observe, you know, inspect, <laughs> yeah, right, right. but actually to be an active participant. So we're actually writing a version of the f- facilitation guide for them so that they can be there rolling their sleeves up and, and they know what's, you know, the kind of involvement that we need from them. I also have personally been crafting the opening session, the opening narrative Mm -hmm. presentation for these sessions. Um, And it talks specifically to a lot of the things we've been talking about. This is new. We need an open mindset from you. We need a collaborative mindset from Mm -hmm. you. Everybody in this room is going to have something to learn from each other if we all engage in the right way with the right spirit. and it is two half days for a very deliberate reason, mm-hmm. because we understand they have busy jobs. Mm-hmm. They have teams to run and pipeline to, to look after. Mm-hmm. And therefore, four hours each day allows them to be able to balance that. We're not trying to cram eight or nine hours each day. Mm-hmm. You know, this is four hours for two consecutive days that allows them the time to do it. So, um, you know, having our two senior vice presidents at the back of the room as well will also allow me to point to them and say, you know, if they can be here yeah. <laughs> and they're giving up a half day of their That's time, right. we can all do this. So Agreed. park your phones, right? park your laptops, yeah. park your messaging. This four hours is going to pay yeah. great dividends if we engage and get the most value from So it. much value yeah. in that. Um, yeah. If you, if you feel that you're busier than, uh, either of those folks, then perhaps you should uh, chat with them on a break and find out how they're managing because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, so powerful when leaders actually set the example and set the bar. I'm glad to hear that you've got that sort of support. Anything else before we start to wrap up on the Leadership Academy that you think um, folks could benefit from understanding or hearing from you? It's then going to become a year-long program, mm-hmm. so it is going to continue. Mm-hmm. This can't be something which, which we do in a in a classroom for a couple of days and then, you know, great, off you go. Mm-hmm. It needs to be a continuing drumbeat, mm-hmm. continuing activities, both self-paced and, you know, live, mm-hmm. virtual, or in-person, but also with measurement. The other thing we're doing is putting in place a measurement framework around it, and that's not to inspect people, but that's to put in place 
um, metrics that they can look at themselves and say, okay, where do I want to be in six months time based on this? And that can be everything from engagement and retention and skills growth of the teams mm -hmm. based on the learning they've taken, but also of course, forecasting accuracy. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, ultimately pipeline and revenue, you know, they're, they're the ones that we're all right. measured by, but we want to put together a, a package of things that every one of those leaders can then say, okay, I, I identify the things that I'm going to measure myself by. And we're going to encourage that kind of ongoing checkpoint measurement. The other key there, and I mentioned we've been working very closely with our partners in HR, is because everything we're doing in this program, especially on the day one side as well and developing talent, ties directly back into the goals and objective setting that's part of the annual HR exercise. So oh, we're okay. actually making it real okay. for them All right. as well. That's that's yeah. a that's a really uh, I think important point for people to note that you're not creating a parallel process but by rolling it in with the HR, um, you're, you're practicing what you preach, which is let's not create more internal processes or noise yeah. for them to, to deal with. So, well, before I let you go, Terry, love to give you a chance and maybe just drop some one last nugget of, of uh, knowledge on everyone. Um, doesn't have to be enablement. It could be really anything that you choose, but the premise is you've been given the gift of going back in time and holding a one-on-one -on -one with a, some version of you, you know, younger you, but you can only coach yourself on one area. What would you focus on that you wish you'd understood earlier? I'm going to use one word and that word is balance. Mm -hmm. It's a personal and professional thing um, in both. It, it touches both, but it's very easy to spend all of our time very focused on the job mm -hmm. and what we're doing. It's also really important. We make time for ourselves. One thing I love to talk about with anybody in my teams or peers or colleagues is what is the thing that you do mm. outside of work? Mm -hmm. You know, so I, for me, for 27 years of my life, I've been a DJ. Wow. Um, semi-professional. I've played all <laughs> over the world. I've played it on the beach at Mandalay Bay in Vegas. That's amazing. Uh, it's been a wonderful artistic release for me. But everybody should have yeah. something, yeah. right? Yeah. That, that A, balances out work mm -hmm. but also means that you're just not completely you know 100 percent thinking about mm -hmm. the job mm -hmm. all the time because you'll be better for it in the job great advice thank you and thanks for spending your time with us uh to do this terry i know there's a lot of folks taking notes and they've got some good actionables to take away if anyone wants to connect with you or maybe ask a follow-up question is linkedin the best way I'm very active in LinkedIn, so reach out, connect, more than happy. All right. Well, thank you again, and thank you to everyone who's listening. You also just spent a half hour of your day with us, and you're just as busy as all of us. So we appreciate your sponsorship, and we appreciate your support. And until we hear you from you in two weeks, stay safe. Thanks for joining this episode of Stories from the Trenches. For more sales enablement resources, be sure to join the Sales Enablement Society at sesociety.org. That's S-E-S-O-C-I-E-T-Y dot O-R-G.